You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest... Hi everyone, Annie here for Showreel, and today we celebrate the reboot of ACME, formerly the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, but we've now moved into... uh, Letterland, uh, physically located at Federation Square in Melbourne. ACME reopened last week after a massive rejigging that has taken several years and $40 million. And since ACME is billed as your Museum of Screen Culture, I spoke to Christy Matheson, ACME Director of Film, about the upgrade. Everyone's been waiting with bated breath for the opening of the of ACME with, uh, it, and there's some pretty amazing uh, new offerings for the public, isn't there? Can you give us a little bit of an understanding of the new upgrade? Yeah, so we um, have been closed for quite a while, but um, we've done a, a huge museum renewal project that is architectural. So when people come into the building, they will notice some big architectural changes, which is very exciting. Um, We've also done some programmatic changes. So we have a lot of uh, new offers that exist across the building, including um, uh, our usual film program, our exhibitions program, our public programs. But we've also got some really exciting additions on top of all of that um, with things such as we now have an audience lab where during the year different kinds of makers will come into ACME and the public will be able to test out what they're making. So one of the first ones we're doing in our audience lab is um, some video games. So people will be able to come in and test games while they're in development. And then also in terms of the technological changes to our building, um, we have introduced um, a lot of great tech behind the scenes and how that rolls out for the public is when you come into our new free permanent exhibition called The Story of the Moving Image, you will pick up the lens and that's your own personal take-home device. And as you walk through our beautiful new exhibition, you will be able to tap your lens onto different items that you see in the exhibition and that will collect information on the thing that you've just seen. And what that does is allows you to take this really expansive deep dive when you get home. You log in um, to uh, your through your email and you can see all the things that you collected in the museum. You can read more about those things. And also the really fun part is that each thing that you collect, it sends you off into a great little um, exploratory universe of different things that are connected uh, in some curatorial way to the things that you have discovered in the museum. So there's lots of fun things in the new exhibition. Um, 
for our cinemas upstairs. It's really exciting. We've done a full technical upgrade of the cinemas, so we now have 4K laser digital projection. And that, of course, sits alongside all of our beautiful um, archival film projectors, which we still have and are lovingly running for the public. Oh, that's really fascinating. Uh, let's go back to the uh, one of the key elements that's always been there for ACME, which has been the... Uh, uh, giving people an understanding of uh, the film art area, you know, the the creation of uh, uh, film and its history. So, uh, how does that? How has that uh, changed, or hasn't it? Well, really, what we've done now, and I think through, um, you know, if people jump onto our website at acme.net.au, what they'll be able to discover now is just an enormously rich amount of content. So there's so much work that we've been doing in the time we've been closed about really researching the history of cinema and particular objects that you'll find in our museum and looking at how they fit within the history of the medium, but also how they innovated the medium or how they inspired other things. So actually now the, our website is much more than just a place where you go to buy and you know book your tickets and that kind of thing. It's actually this really tremendous um, resource. It's not sort of, you know, it's not overly academic. It's something that can be um, appreciated by film fans or by people that are after some more robust um, information. So that's been really exciting and we've spent a long time on that while we were closed. And then with our film program, you know, we really try to make the film program something that um, screens contemporary films and things that have just been made, but also allows audiences to um, appreciate the history of cinema, maybe see some things that um, they've never had a chance to see in on a big screen before. And part of this is this new thing called Cinema 3, which is an online uh, booking service, isn't it? So Cinema 3 is, um, it's basically our, um, it's our little cinema in the clouds. So it is an, um, it's an online uh, video on demand service. You don't have to pay to subscribe. What It's free to join. And then once you create an account you can go into cinema 3 anywhere in australia any time of the day and what you'll find on there is a great selection of films that are really an extension of the program that we run inside the building so on that platform we've got a number of really great exclusive releases such as um claire denis incredible film from 1999 called Beau Um, And then we've also got a lot of great Australian cinema up there. And then we've got some great cinema classics uh, on there as well. So that's for us something that people can, um, they can basically uh, visit the museum even if they can't come and physically visit our museum. So it's really about trying to have a physical offer that people can come in. But, you know, there's lots of folks who, who don't um, live in Melbourne, and and this is a way to let them also experience ACME. Which is uh, part of its original, uh, before ACME existed, you know, when it was the State Film Centre, that whole notion of being able to, people used to send in and ask to have reels of film sent to them, but this is uh, uh, allowing the same kind of access to the public, but on a greater basis, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a way for people, you know, there was um, a a time when Acme had a a public uh, lending library aspect to our collection Um, and that's, you know, where people could order VHS tapes and things like that through the mail and so 
obviously, you know, less people have um, those resources in their own homes. You know, it's hard to find a VHS player and some people don't even have a DVD player anymore. So this is a way for people to be able to access um, films that we really love or films that we think um, will help spark your curiosity for cinema. And then also, once you come into the building, um, if you're able to come and join us in our building on, on Flinders Street, then you can actually access uh, parts of the of our collection through the Wi-Fi in the building. So you can see you can see parts of our collection um, on your own device um, by logging in in the building. So we've built a a new space in the building that's called a Media Preservation Lab, and that's really about us bringing our collection, which is the state's film collection, really bringing it to the heart of the museum. So visitors can peep in and, and look at my amazing collections colleagues who are restoring films and digitising uh, video games and doing all sorts of incredible things. And you can actually peek in and, and look at them while they work. It's really great. Yeah, because uh, Acme's got a... Oh, well, uh, has a collection of 250,000 moving image artefacts. So that's pretty extraordinary sort of collection that needs to be uh, digitalised. Yeah, and if you go down into our, our new free permanent exhibition, there's an incredible um, part of the show. It's called the Memory Garden. And I don't know, perhaps some of your listeners might have seen a photo of it um, recently, but it's so wonderful. So you walk into this space and it it's... It seems all dark and then you um, put your hands above a, a plinth and it activates a sensor and you get a home movie in your hand. So the film is projected on your hand and these are all films that are from our collection and, and the film collection of the National Film and Sound Archive and they're wonderful films and it's just this really magical experience where you feel like you get to touch history. They're, it's really beautiful. So when people come in, they should definitely make time to spend in the memory garden. Oh, that's quite extraordinary. Um, so with Cinema 3, just to go back to that, it's curated, isn't it? The uh, collection that you've got there is curated, and I suppose that's curated on an ongoing basis. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So my colleagues and myself in the film department, um, we have we don't we we're not trying to go for hundreds of films on Cinema Three. Um, we're really mindful that there's tons of really great online services out there, and so what we're trying to present to the public is really a much more um, tightly selected. Um, grouping of films and they're films that either relate to the programs we currently have in the building or perhaps an exhibition we currently have in the building or they're films that help us tell the story of the moving image so those films you know we we add new films every fortnight but um what you'll find on there is a is a really containable amount of films because we didn't want to sort of overwhelm people and just have hundreds of things up there we wanted to sort of um you know, have a manageable amount of film so that people would be able to sort of take their time and, you know, come and visit and maybe watch a film and then come back a few weeks later and pick up on a film they want to see but maybe have a look at some new things. So it's it's really about us uh, select hand-picking those films and really selecting them for audiences. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. 855 AM.
This is Hugo Race, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. Subscribe now. You're listening to Showreel on 3CR with Annie, and we are talking to Christy Matheson, ACME Director of Film, for some information about the upgrade at ACME, which was reopened last week. Also, of course, ACME profiles or creates programs that profile particular filmmakers. And so at the moment, you've got Kwong uh, Ka Hui, a Chinese filmmaker. Do you want to tell the listeners about this particular program? Yeah, this is our big opening retrospective. It's called Love and Neon, the cinema of Wong Kar Wai. And um, we really spent a long time trying to think about, you know, what would be the film program that we would reopen the cinemas with. And so for for me, I really wanted a filmmaker um who is both really loved by audiences but is also critically acclaimed. Um, I really wanted to profile a filmmaker from our region. Um, And there was just a wonderful um, bit of serendipity in that um, uh, Wong Kar Wai has just spent the last five years restoring a number of his films. And so there was a number of beautiful restored uh, films, including the um, his his seminal film in the mood for love, which was celebrating in 2020. It celebrated its 20th anniversary, um, and so for us, it seemed a really perfect way to reopen the building. Um, the films are really timeless, but I think what makes his films very special is um, they really are big screen films. You know, uh, the Australian cinematographer Christopher Doyle shot a lot of these films, and he's a a really renowned cinematographer, but Wong Kar Wai has a very distinctive looking way of looking at cinema. His films are visually beautiful. Um, they're really romantic. And they're films that are appreciated by a really wide range of audiences and people of all different ages. So I I think it was a, um, a you know, really lucky for us that these films were available and they all look beautiful. They've all been restored to 4K digital. So they look incredible and they sound great. Um, and, you know, he's a filmmaker who I personally really love, but I think uh, my love of Wong Kar Wai is shared by lots of other people too. And we shouldn't forget that this new Acme uh, resurgence includes a new dining experience. Yeah, I um, had uh, I had a little sneak peek of it uh, last week. And um, so we have a new restaurant in our building called Hero, and it's a cafe restaurant. And um, when visitors come to see us, uh, they'll be able to have uh, a few dining experiences in that, you know, if you're just coming in to quickly um, catch a film, you can come in and grab a, a great glass of wine and some. we've got some fantastic uh, new cinema snacks, homemade choc tops and beautiful popcorn and so lots of delicious things like that. Um, Philippa Sibley, who people may know, um, uh, she has come on as one of the chefs and she, her real signature is pastries and cakes and things. So there's a lot of delicious little snacks in there. And then the, the lead chef is, chef is Karen Martini. So it's a really elegant dining experience. And then we also have, you know, the really great kind of high quality sort of, you know, run in, grab a snack, run up to the cinema or, you know, grab a quick coffee with a friend after you, you know, go through the exhibition. So it's it's really lovely for us to have a place that um, 
you know, it just makes the building so much more hospitable, having a nice place for people to sit down and have something to eat and grab a nice drink or a snack. So, um, yeah, if you when next time you pop in, you really need to come with an empty stomach because there's a lot of delicious, delicious snacks on offer. So tell us about the arrangement for uh, coming to see the museum. What's the booking arrangements, especially in COVID times? Yeah, so people... Sure. So people, um, you know, are really best to jump online before they come to visit us. Of course, people can, you know, walk in as well, but we're really encouraging people to book online. So we have timed um, tickets for the museum. They are free, but we, we're encouraging people to, to book those for a timed visit to the museum. Um, for the cinema, you know, it's it's sort of uh, as it always was. You know, we would again encourage people um, to book their tickets online before they um, before they turn up. You know, at the moment, um, a lot of sessions are selling out um, quickly, so it's really good to jump online and, and book. And then, um, you know, we're really working very hard, like all of our other um, peers in the in the cinema industry. Um, and in the cultural sector, you know, we're working really hard to make sure that, um, you know, our building is being cleaned very regularly, that we're really careful with our contact tracing, that we're making sure that we, you know, we, we have um, people perfectly safe in the building. And so it's it's a really interesting, um, you know, it's a complex jigsaw, but it's one that um, I feel really pleased that we're, we're managing to do. And audiences seem to be... Um, to be managing with it as well. I feel like everyone's getting a bit better at pre-planning their visits to places at the moment. So exciting times for Acme. Yes, so I would encourage you all to, next time you're in the city, um, come in and, and have a look. And even if you just pop in for a, you know, a drink at the bar and have a, a little poke around and then and then plan your next visit, um, we're open seven days as, as we always have been. And um, the other thing I should mention is uh, we have a brand new shop as well, which is located down on the Flinders Street entry to the museum. And it is um, stocked full of wonderful gifts and some great cinema books. Um, but my colleague who runs the shop has really spent a long time uh, scouring, um, uh, you know, Melbourne and Australia and the world for really unique things that um, that we have to offer people. That's interesting because uh, when um, uh, Federation Square was put together, it was basically, it seemed to me, uh, part of... Uh, the architectural space where there was a certain amount of or philosophy, where there was a certain amount of uh, um, you were supposed to explore. You weren't necessarily uh, places weren't obviously placed, as it were. With the change in the uh, architectural arrangements at Acme and the fact that you put the uh, shop downstairs, does that mean that uh, there's also a kind of a relaxing of the um, uh, exploration type of uh, uh, approach to the building layout? Yeah, I mean, I think what's really great is, I mean, the, the sort of the big architectural piece that people will notice when they come in to visit us is um, we've uh, put a huge staircase up through the middle of the building and it's a really beautiful space. It's um, big enough for, for people to sit on. So, you know, you can just pop in and, and, you know, take a seat and watch the world go by and, you know, use the Wi-Fi. And um, so it's, 
it's really what it's allowed us to do is to kind of have this natural thoroughfare through the building and really to you know the the building's on several levels and so this is a way of us trying to connect all those levels a bit better and and allow people to you know you you can you can see the other levels of the building and so hopefully that will help people explore the building and all the little nooks and crannies that we've got yeah right okay that's interesting oh well i'm i'm eager to go and have a look yes please do it's um it's exciting to be reopened and um and it's been really lovely watching visitors come back into the building and and filling it up with energy and life again. It's it's very exciting for, for myself and all my colleagues. We're really thrilled. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription? You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card. And once a year, your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. G'day, I'm Warwick Thornton, and uh, you're listening to 3CR. You're back with Annie on Showreel. Before we finish up, just a few bits of news you might be interested in. The Melbourne Queer Film Festival has just announced its full lineup for this year's festival. Their full lineup is now online. It's time to plan four screenings. MQFF, together, as it's called this year, uh, is running from March the 11th to the 21st and it's screening at Village Cinemas, Jam Factory and Coburg Drive-In, Cinema Nova and it's also online. Tickets are now on sale for members and general tickets were also available from Tuesday at 9am. Passes are on sale including three film and five film passes for special flexi pass Uh, for all in-cinema screenings, excluding opening and closing night. If you want to have a little look at uh, some of the uh, elements that are in the uh, MQFF, go online to their Facebook page and you'll see some features uh, with the director Spiro Econopoulos and MQFF couch critic uh, Ivana Brejas with a few previews. The National French Film Festival will be in Melbourne the 3rd of March to the 31st of March, showing at the Palace Como, featuring 37 films, including French's hot contemporary stars, a screening of Breathless, a classic of French cinema by Jean-Luc Godard on its 60th anniversary, and also a film starring Isabelle Hubert called The Godmother, which was uh, amusing but uh, also deeply interesting, similar to many of the Isabel Hubert films in the past in terms of being thought-provoking. Also, the release of Josh Lawson's local romantic comedy, Long Story Short, playing on the riff that forgetting the important things in life because you think you are too busy with work is now on in cinemas. Uh, The name of the film again? Long story short. 
of course, Josh Lawson is better known as an actor. And after long story short, Josh Lawson is due back on cinema screens in April when he plays the Australian mercenary Kano in the latest movie reboot of the Mortal Kombat video game. Something to look forward to, perhaps. Anyway, happy film hunting and talk to you next week.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.